Some may find the following disturbing. Discretion is advised. Never before in the history of sports podcasts have two men brought you opinion and analysis like these two. They speak for a city that's desperate for wins and titles, not whining and travesty. You might not agree with what they have to say, but you'll defend their right to say it. Sports fans across the world, from Chicago, Illinois, this is The Mac and Reed Show. And good evening, everybody. Welcome into another edition of the Mac and Reed Show right here on the Barroom Network. Hopefully you're watching us live on YouTube right now. And if you have missed any of our previous shows or if you missed most of this one, you can catch it in its entirety on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your media. Make sure you like, subscribe, follow the Barroom Network at Barroom Network, of course, on Twitter and on all social media platforms. Follow me and Ross. Follow me at 311Mac. Follow Ross at Ross Reed. Good evening, sir. How's your press? Good evening. My press is right here. It that. is. Um, yeah. It's the, this is not an ad. They need to pay me. Um, so Clearly. we won't talk too much about this, but no, no, no. it's 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 like uh, two dollars more than your average white claw. So it's a little a little bit more bougie. They probably use like a little water from the Alps, but the same shitty alcohol. Uh, but yeah, it's good. It's refreshing. It's only four percent, so you know, nice there little easy drinking. Yeah, we should absolutely. be promoting press. Clearly, the, uh, <laughs> got the disposable income. Cut Both the check. <laughs> Cut the check. God damn it! <laughs> We're getting you ready for your weekend and a, a lot to get to on the show this evening. As of course, we're leading with Bears and what a just uh, terrible season. Of course, Bears searching for answers, nothing but questions at this point. Going into the rest of the season and beyond, we'll talk briefly about that uh, Washington game. We'll talk about what to expect going against the Patriots and. Trade deadline, looming, all sorts of things to uh, talk about. Uh, Justin Fields, of course, talked about at length. And, of course, NFL Week 6 we're going to be talking about. Get you ready for Week 7, separating the contenders from pretenders. We've got a good idea, NFC and AFC, respectively, uh, at this point after Week 6 action. And we'll be talking NBA, too. NBA is back. The Bulls are back. And... We will uh, dive into that. And uh, first few games have been very entertaining. Some different storylines to watch there. And then we'll be finishing out, as we usually do, a little pop culture roundabout and talking about our top five Halloween candies ahead of the holiday next weekend. So Mm -hmm. to begin, as usual, we've got to talk Bears football. And most recently, it feels like ages ago at this point, uh, Bears you know, continue to be bad as expected. You know, we're we're a week removed from it now. Exactly, um, that Washington game was very much the reality of a poorly put together team. Once you have had a week to digest it, and even just the day after, you were just seeing was that a bad dream? The lack of points, the lack of offense. You knew going into it that Thursday night could only top itself in bad performances from a meeting of football teams, and this was that. Uh, I can't dwell on it too much. The first half was as ugly a half of football as you can imagine. Um, you know, obviously to to end the game, the last quarter just set it all with Vilas Jones muffing that punt, 
and setting up Washington to score. And then you count the bears out, turn off your TV, what have you. I was invested at the legitimately thought about not watching this live, but this is what the bears do to me every season. And then Justin Fields as a scramble puts together a hell of a, you know, two minute drill comes up just short of the end zone as the bears red zone struggles continue naturally. Uh, it, there's a blame to go around. The Bears sit at two and four, of course. You know, I'll, I'll say briefly about that game because, again, we, we want to talk about the Bears going forward, the future, and, and not just these these last few performances that have just been dismal. But, you know, Fields might as well be playing with Ohio State teammates. I think, you know, receiver-wise, they can't make catches. Uh, Nikhil Harry might help out with that. But but really, the, the weapons are not uh, – they're as bad as advertised. I'd say that. Offensive linemen missing blocks repeatedly. The skill position players, you're seeing the running game is, is pacing this this team still when David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert uh, are good enough to combine for what one of them's hurt or one of, them, one of them's off the field. Uh, good enough to, to pace this team to be second in the league in rushing, but that does not counteract being the 32nd in passing. Just abysmal – uh, just a gut punch for any fans, too. I think when you're at that home game, when you have that game so close to winning, when you are basically five less than five yards away to punching it in, and you just see it just go off, uh, it's it just terrible. I have nothing left to say about that game, really. Ross, do you have anything to say about this game against the Commanders? Yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned Ohio State. Um, I actually will probably take their wide receivers right now over sure. – over what the Bears have. In fact, um, wide receiver coach um, for Ohio State Buckeyes, Brian Hartline, tweeted uh, during the game, these wide receivers stink, <laughs> is what he <laughs> tweeted out. Um, and he's absolutely wrong. correct. He's not wrong. And this is a guy who's obviously spent some time with Justin Fields. He, he knows him as a player. And, and he's had guys like Chris Olaves in the NFL. And, and Jackson Enigma is going to be a, a probably a top five pick, you know, potentially to the Bears, if fingers crossed. Uh, another stud wide receiver coming out of Ohio State. So they know how to breed him there. And they know Justin needs some, some weapons around him. I mean, we're at the point right now where I think that that was the that was the the high water point of like there was maybe a little promise to this season to now it's completely just off the rails and we're kind of in um, you know not not a tank mode but we're in a very high development mode and the Bears should be looking to probably sell off as many veteran pieces as they can at this point to try and recoup some draft picks and, and look forward to the future because they're not a playoff team right now. They're you know they're 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 struggling. They're struggling on offense mightily, and you have to try and. Um, you know, see what you can add to, around Justin Fields going forward. Um, the offensive line is abysmal. You know, we've we've talked about this ad nauseum already. Um, we've talked about um, um, uh, Sam Mustafer at center, who right. continues to have a, a poor start to his season. Lucas Patrick has not been good at guard. He came out today and said that he needs to play better. No shit, man. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're struggling all across that offensive line. Even the young tackles have been solid, but they're not great. And, and unfortunately, you're seeing the byproduct of it in the field. They can't protect Justin Fields. And when they do, he's so he's so jittery in the pocket because he's afraid he's going to get hit. He's either running out of there too soon or, um, you know, he, he's not able to, to step into a throw and complete it. So the whole thing's a mess right now. So, you know, to me going forward, you have to hope that um, Justin can somehow develop and I don't know how that happens, but somehow he can. And then also you have to hope that he just can stay healthy. 
because he was taking some big hits last Thursday night. And, you know, he, he again, big hit after big hit every week. And thankfully he's had this, this time off, but it doesn't get any easier facing Bill Belichick, who's, you know, going to game plan for you. Uh, he's also really hot on the bears, by the way. Yeah. That's complete <laughs> bullshit. Right? That? Yeah. Right, that's, he's, he's the ultimate master of coach speak. So you know, that's the only thing I worry about going forward is, is Justin getting hurt because that's the only thing I really care about going forward right now. Um, you know, outside of that, um, I, I would like to see him string together a couple 200-yard games in a row and a couple touchdowns, but I, I, I'm not – it doesn't feel promising to me uh, with this offense, with, with this offensive line and, and, and with these receivers, you know. So, unfortunately, it, it's it's a glass half empty right now, and, you know, if you're a Bears fan, you, you kind of want to just really get through this season and see what happens in the offseason. The offseason will be uh, more important than what happens over these next, you know, 10-plus games or whatever, but – the silver lining is I still feel good about Justin. I, I do. I, I know he hasn't played great, but I still feel, feel good about him going forward. Spend some money. Get him a decent offensive line. And, you know, if you get a top five pick or, you know, and somebody needs a quarterback, it might be worth your while to trade down and recoup another first rounder and get a wide receiver and get an offensive tackle. Start to build this football team around this young man. Um, and, and, and hopefully there'll be better days ahead. Yeah, hopefully. If you're watching live, listening live, then feel free to comment and, and obviously engage with us on Twitter and social media as well. You know, Ross brings up all, all the points that I want to hit on, too, as far as the the aftermath of that game and, and what you're looking for the rest of the season. And it, it's obviously there's just so much blame to go around. And the big concern is, like we talked about, the main theme of this show is, is so many questions, but not a lot of answers. And it could be a quarterback, too, which we'll talk about in a bit. Um, you know, and credit to Justin Fields, who certainly gutted that out and put his team in a position to win when he had, you know, Montez Sweat and Jonathan Allen in his face repeatedly and, you know, hitting him in the ribs wherever he was just escaping. And again, talk about how bad the offensive line is. He was running for his life for most of that game. You thought that he might have run for a touchdown at the end of uh, that fourth quarter to, to put his team on top, but it was not meant to be. The receivers, Darnell Mooney, you know, you, you drop one ball that maybe that's forgotten about, but you drop it in the end zone again, that's that's pretty criminal right there. And, and you figure he was the number one receiver going into this uh, season, as we talked about, for the Bears, and he has not played like it. And again, the blame can go all around, but it's just that lack of talent is is very suspect and so evident when when you see against well winnable games like that, and we'll see against the Patriots what, which Bears team shows up. Um, but it's a far cry from that 49ers game, which again seems like ages ago, where you saw some positives. Of course, the elements play into that, but now 49ers you know, look like they, they could be a contender in this league, albeit, you know, with a loss last week. Um, but, it, you know, it, it's tough to to see as a Bears fan when you see Justin Fields and, and how badly, you know, I, I guess the question is who is to blame as far as management or coaching for this performance with Justin Fields? And, you know, to answer my own question before I turn it to you, Ross, is, is, is Ryan Poles, I think a lot of blame has been going around, but it is so incredibly hard to just retool a roster in one year mm -hmm. if you're Ryan Poles in this situation when you do have a new coach, a completely new system. You have the same quarterback, but you're changing everything as far as the play calling. You're changing his schemes. You're changing the, uh, the calls, uh, the offensive mentality. You're changing 
Uh, some of the, the certainly the receiving core is big. I mean, Darnell Mooney was probably undoubtedly uh, Justin Fields' top weapon last year, his top target. Um, you know, we've seen him struggle to throw to the tight end, but I, I don't really blame Ryan Poles at this point. I, I think, of course, there is blame to go around, but but the turnaround, I, th- I think that he has to be on a longer leash for sure when you see that this is the year one of this rebuild. So what are your thoughts on Ryan Poles' role in this first season and how it's it's been a lot of blame on him so far? Yeah, I mean, listen, he, he does take some, some responsibility here, right? But he was, in, he was inheriting a mess from Ryan Pace. And most importantly, like, the cap situation was a mess. He had to be, try and clean that situation up going forward past this year. So he took on a lot of dead cap space. The Bears were one of the oldest football teams in the league, so they had to get rid of uh, a lot of older guys on the roster. They still have some older guys on the roster. Hit, hit, hit. Please trade, you know, uh, Robert Quinn before the trade deadline. Please, please, please. Um, and so he didn't hear it a mess. But with that said, I think there were still some moves that he could have made to have this season not be a complete and total waste. I, I didn't like how he waited until training camp started to address the offensive line. Remember, he brought in Riley Reef and Michael Schofield basically at the start of training camp. Riley Reef hasn't even played right now. He's just kind of sitting on the bench. This guy's been a starter in the league at right tackle. You're not even using him. At this point, you might as well trade him too because I think a team like the Rams – who are a mess right now on their offensive line, but they still have some Super Bowl aspirations and could probably use Riley Reef more than the Bears can right now. I would trade him and see if you can get something out of it if you're not going to play him. Um, I, 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 I championed, I, I wanted the Bears to go hard after a guy like Amari Cooper. Yes, he would have had to have overpaid for him, but who the hell else are you paying on this roster? Nobody's making money on this roster right now. And you see Amari Cooper having a solid start to his season with Cleveland, and he's having the, you know, Jacoby Brissett to home the football. Um, you know, another guy was was Juju Smith-Schuster that you could have brought in on, on a cheap one-year deal. And Juju is not the player that he used to be. Um, but I, I like him as like that underneath guy. And clearly that's the guy that Justin is missing right now is somebody who can get open five, six yards down the field and, and then kind of use his legs and stretch to play. Because you know, we see Cole Komene is not doing it right now. Darnell Mooney is getting a lot of uh, blanketed coverage. And then, you know, guys like Pettis are really bad. So be interesting to see if Byron Pinkle can get back on the football field and in Keel Harry, and let's see if they can give them a little bit of a boost because, um, you know, the, the bright side is for the injury report that came out today for the Bears, they had zero players on the injury report. They are completely healthy. Yeah. They're walking into this game Monday night with a full roster, and I want to see a full roster and a full, you know, arsenal of weapons for Justin to go to. But um, I think – to answer your question, I, I do give him some blame this year, but I'm going to give him a little bit of a pass for now. But this becomes only his second year as GM, a ginormous offseason coming forward because he's got he has a hundred million dollars to play with, and he has um, he will have you know probably a top ten pick, maybe a top five first round pick, and he has a full arsenal of picks, and then that means he has to hit. In my opinion, he has to hit like four home runs in the draft and free agency. And he has to significantly increase the talent on this roster ASAP because if he doesn't and you go in another year with Justin and that, that rookie contract is slowing down and it's, and you don't know what you have, or you didn't put enough pieces around him. Then you really, really failed everybody. You failed Justin, you failed the entire, um, the entire organization. So, you know, Ryan Poles is, is, he's got a lot of decisions to make going forward. I'll give him a little bit of a pass for now, but it'd be interesting to see what he does in the offseason. Yeah, and, and touching on Ryan Poles, certainly, and, and the wide receiver core that you 
uh, talked about at length. Vilas Jones had two bad games, obviously, with the the muff punt, you know, obviously to put Washington in a bad position. He had one catch for 10 yards. uh, And that's, you know, a big part of Poles' new regime and one of the supposedly one of these new skill position players that's going to be so good for Justin Fields. So I I take it all with a a grain of salt. I think that him – him having so much cap space next year is is going to be a, a great situation to have, but mm-hmm. see what you do with it. And obviously, a goal now is to add on to that. I, I mean, nobody's untouchable from Robert Quinn to Eddie Jackson and and David Montgomery. All of them have been floated around at this point, um, which you know you couldn't imagine after a point there. Um, but but Vilas Jones, I, I mean, he I don't know he he gets a pass for me, I guess, and 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 the rest of the offense is, is really just uh, disappointed as, as a whole. Um, you know, like, like we talked about on the trading block, Robert Quinn trying to get him out of here. Do you see anybody else as untouchable? I know you said that the bears aren't really paying anybody really besides Eddie Jackson, but uh, I think the, the likelihood of trading anybody seems pretty grim right now. Uh, but I would like to see Robert Quinn gone. Yeah, I mean, listen, the only players I think that are, are untouchable going forward are basically Justin Fields and your rookies. Um, yeah. You know, your, your guys like Jaquan Brisker and, and Kyle Gordon and, and obviously Justin, you know, you know, Braxton Jones. Outside of that, everybody is, is could be got. If somebody is calling you and they want to give you a, let's say, hypothetically, a second, excuse me, round pick for Roquan Smith, I mean, how could you turn that down? You know, because are you going to give him $20 million in the offseason for an off-ball linebacker when you have so many holes on offense? It doesn't make a lot of sense, you know? And Eddie Jackson's been playing well this year. If somebody is, one, is willing to give you pretty high pick you have to listen to it you have to have everything is on the table right now because it's clearer to see this roster has a long way to go and they've got to retool in a major way and long gone are the days where it's you know three yards and a cloud of dust on offense and then we try and you know stop them to seven points or eight points on defense you have to score points in this league you have to protect your quarterback you have to get him some weapons and and you know, you look at the, the the best teams around the league right now, and you know, look what Philadelphia did with with Jalen Hurts, right? And look what Josh Allen has around him, and they're even they're even looking to maybe add Christian McCaffrey, which is just nuts. They're the best team in football, and they're going to add a dynamic running back. And that's those are the things that the Bears have to get themselves in a better position to do. Um, in my opinion, I think that you can retool this defense a lot through the draft. I would spend a lot of uh, mid round picks bringing in uh, a lot of draft picks. I think there would be some good free agents on the market to, to, to spend there. But on offense, I want them to draft really, really early to get some skilled dynamic players uh, on this offense and a stud offensive lineman. Yeah, you're at the point where if you're a Bears fan, you're, you're really rooting for a top five pick at this point. You're rooting for the Bears to to lose out as you know they're going to continue to be pretty mired in mediocrity. They're 2-1 at home, but... Uh, you know, the, the the tougher part comes in these next few games. Um, you know, the Patriots coming up on Monday night, and then they play the Cowboys, uh, which is you chalk that up to a loss for sure. The Dolphins, and then you get into the more divisional play and, and tougher part of your schedule, really. So, you know, what turned into how the weeks just changed by as, as we see the schedule here. How the, the weeks go by, and, and late by week does not help, by the way, here, uh, this Bears team, I feel like. when When we're talking about, the over/under on wins for the season, man, they just uh, have, have seriously disappointed and and been the worst at times. You know, certainly from an offensive perspective, the defense isn't really giving them a lot of help. Um, and like you, like you, we have hammered on over and over again. Like you've talked about, Ross, mm-hmm. 
you got to really look at the vets and, and try to get rid of him. Who'd have thought we would turn turn right away and say, sure, you can get rid of Roquan for whatever whatever you can get at this point because uh, nobody is, is truly untouchable. I think that, you know, the rookies in the secondary and, and rookies, um, you know, and obviously Justin Fields being untouchable is, is certainly true. You know, is it pure lunacy? This this is this is how desperate I feel like the fan base has gotten and, and criticism at this point. But is it pure lunacy to think about a, a sort of a Bears, you know, franchise future in the next several years without Justin Fields with everything that's going on and them just trying to push that rebuild even further? And if they get the right, you know, offer to to move on Fields and go, you know, another uh, another route if they get a top five pick. Yeah, I, I know that's um, a little bit of an argument that's been circulating on, on you know, throughout the world. You know, what if uh, C.J. Stroud, what if you're in an opportunity to get C.J. Stroud from Ohio State or Bryce Young from Alabama, right? My opinion on that is you add one of those guys into this current infrastructure, and they're also going to fail. It, it, you know, a, a quarterback as talented as these young men are can only do so much. When you're throwing the football to Dante Pettis, who probably shouldn't even be in the NFL right now, and you've got Sam Mustafer blocking for you and Lucas Patrick blocking for you, and, and you're putting up, you know, PFF is giving them on a, on a scale of 100, you know, 8.3 grades and pass protection, stuff like that. There's no quarterback, and I don't care who you are, Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen, anything like that, that's going to be able to succeed in that kind of environment. So I would not want the Bears to punt on Justin Fields only to add another new rookie quarterback into the system and still throw the goddamn football to Ryan Griffin or, or you know, guys that might be on the sofa next year. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, I, I would rather you build an infrastructure around him. And I think he deserves one more shot. The guy's only, you know, had 16 NFL starts so far. I think that you cannot write a quarterback off after that. Hell, we gave Mitch Trubisky 40 starts in this city before we we said that he wasn't it. Justin hasn't even reached half of that yet. So I, I, I think I think that Justin, if you um, invest in the team around him, Justin should get one more year next year. And if it gets really, really bad next year and you want to pull the plug on it, I'm fine with that. But at least make the effort to retool things around him before you just go out and say he, he ain't it and we got to get another rookie in here because it's going to look exactly the same in my opinion if you do that. Yeah, right. In theory, you would expect Fields to, and and the rest of this team, just to progress a little bit more. And there's something to be said for a lack of experience. In your second year, you're not really building too much on that first year when you have a shit roster assembled around you. And and Justin Fields just does not have the weapons. He doesn't have the protection. Uh, but we can make excuses all day. You, you know, at, at the end of the day, we do have to see him with a somewhat competent offensive line and see, and we have seen, you know, he puts his team in positions to win, but you do worry about uh, he's one hit away from, from being injured too, something like that, which is a huge concern and something you got to kick the tires on thinking about later in this season is do you, you know, put out uh, the backup to uh, put out Simeon. If you're really vying, you're, you're some, some, uh, some would say tanking at the end of the season to get a better draft pick. And then, just really just writing it off and unto uh, 2023 at that point. So it's, yeah. it's unfortunate. And now you, you get a, you get this mini bye week and now you have a lot of time to prepare for the Patriots. And again, Bill Belichick loving this bears team and everything that they're about, which is wild to me. Um, <laughs> but 
I, I guess, you know, any given Monday, any given Sunday, Thursday, whatever it is, Bears don't play particularly well in prime time. Hopefully we see a little bit of Keel uh, Harry revenge game, but that would also call for Justin Fields to, to have a pretty decent game as well. Uh, the expectations are certainly at the floor right now. They are. And, you know, we haven't really talked a lot about, about coaching in, the, in this aspect. Yep. And I would just say, you know, Lou Getze, and I think we saw it last week during that Amazon game, a lot of uh, NFL players, ex-NFL players, you know, specifically quarterbacks, have basically come out and said, um, you know, he's doing a piss-poor job in not playing to Justin's strengths. And, and I think a good head coach or a good coach in general um, knows what, a, what your football player is good at, and he kind of, you know, retools that system to his strengths and not vice versa. And I, I think Luke Getze's system, for the most part, is pretty good. It's pretty solid to me. They're able to move the football sometimes. They've got a great run scheme. And even the pass scheme is okay. I just think the wide receivers stink. Um, but my problem for him is when they get down to the red zone, you have a 6'3", 220-pound quarterback who runs like a 4'5", whatever, 40. He's dynamic. You are doing him and your football team a disservice by having him drop back there and, and taking five, six steps back and having him try and survey a short, mush field with these shit wide receivers. That's not Cooper Cup out there and Justin Jefferson and stuff like that. In my opinion, Justin needs to be out on the move a lot more, run some read option with him, right? Like get him out in space and allow him to make plays because we've seen that's what he's good at. There's no reason why the Bears uh, should have lost that football game last Thursday. Justin got them down the field, right? He threw essentially two touchdown passes. Throws one to Dante Pettis, who drops the football, and it was interfered with in the end zone. He throws a beautiful pass to Darnell Mooney, who just flat out dropped it. He dropped the football, and, and that would have been a game-winning touchdown, and that sucks. That's even after the, 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 the Jones fumble and, and stuff like that. So Justin has gotten this team down the field, even with his mistakes, and with the poor uh, play from his players around him, I also think Luke Gessie has, has been really bad at, um, at, at, at putting Justin in a position to succeed, in specifically in the red zone. Sure. I mean, it speaks for itself with the Bears being dead last in red zone and, and uh, conversions, I should say, always settling for field goals. And, and you can see the clips playing on your screen if you're watching on YouTube here. That's frustrating. It's, uh, yeah, it's frustrating to see them drop back like that and not move him around, not get him a, a design run play it, in the red zone. He's a dynamic like athlete. It's like you said when he is exactly when he's a dynamic athlete, you should be trying to emulate the Lamar Jacksons, the just you know the uh, Jalen Hurts, the Pat Mahomes, the guys who have mobility, Josh Allen's who have that mobility, then use it. Even like Ryan Tannehill, you see just better red zone, uh, you know, utilization of a dynamic athlete like that. Um, and, and just, yeah, the lack of ingenuity. You thought you were getting a new start when you said goodbye to Matt Nagy and hello, Luke Getze. But that's another big question, too, is are you tied to him going into next season? And I think that Bears certainly will also give him a, a second shot into next season, but but uh, but probably not if they, they just continue uh, heaping on criticism, especially from former players like this. It's a, it's a tough pill to swallow to see. And it's all the, the good news is bears fans is there's a lot of good franchises turn this around, but I do side with what I did not mention is what Jared Payton said. And for the fans, like, you know, we, Ross and I have been long suffering bears fans and we try to do, to keep it, um, you know, a third party perspective here as, as media heads as well. But this fan base deserves so much better. This is such a storied franchise and has dealt with just 
time year after year of mediocrity and just indecision and there's one excuse after another whether it be the quarterback and the defense uh and the management the coaching it's all just never come together and at what point will it i don't know if it's next year or five years or ten years or if it's in arlington heights or if it's at soldier field uh but it's it's a tough time to be to be a bears fan but you know every every you, you could be the Detroit Lions. It could be it could be worse, <laughs> as you always think about that. Luckily, they had the bye, so so they um, they dropped to an even worse record than the Bears with that. But yeah. it's uh, you know there, it's it's pretty unwatchable for me. I'll watch it for for content for for this program for sure. But it's it's going to be pretty unwatchable for the rest of the season too. It's, it's, except for seeing those those good teams, I suppose. Like oh, they play the Bills. Let's see the right. Bills just 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 stomp them. I mean, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, listen, let's let's hope that better days are ahead. Um, you know, let's hope that they are able to, to figure this out sooner than later. I, I mean, I think right now it's 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 OK to be pessimistic and be very skeptical. And, you know, for Monday night, listen, let's I, I, I do feel like at some point we're going to get that one game where Justin is going to have like that Derrick Rose, Allen Iverson type moment. He's just going to be like, fuck it. I'm going to run for three touchdowns. Or I'm going to run an 80 yarder. I'm going to do like he has that in him and so hopefully maybe monday night is it the patriots do struggle with mobile quarterbacks this year they 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 struggled a little bit against the run they they were able to shut down cleveland last week and, and nick chubb so let's see if this longer layoff this little mini buy what matt eberflus and, and luke getsy have in store again they're they're nuts are on the table here too these guys are rookie coaches, and quite frankly, they, they look like rookie coaches at some point this year, but they've had an extended break, uh, which Bill Belichick and his staff hasn't. You can't tell me that that Matt Patricia can can out-scheme you offensively, uh, Lou Getze, uh, you know, or anything like that. So, you know, Monday is going to be an interesting matchup. It seems like we might get uh, Mac Jones back as well, who's coming off of that high ankle sprain. So you get a, a battle of, of second-year quarterbacks. And uh, they've got their own quarterback controversy right now. Um, you know, they, they, with the uh, – with the, uh, what, the hell's the, what the hell's the name of that kid? Um Looking it up, I already forgot it. I forgot, <laughs> I forgot his name, yeah. Blasty, Blacky, whatever the hell his name is. They already have uh, Zappy. We're getting Zappy. Yes. <laughs> Are we getting Zappy? We're getting Zappy. <laughs> um, so they got Bailey Zappy versus Mac Jones, and that's going to be interesting to see. So, you know, it, at, at the very least, let's hope that we get a good football game. And I, I, I'm just hoping at one point we get that, that Justin offensive explosion where he kind of puts a team on his back and says, I'm not losing this football game tonight. Zappy, yeah, Zappy already, you know, being forgotten about just over the month too. Just like you know, Rush will be forgotten in in Dallas now that Dak Prescott will be back as well. But who who knows? Who knows? We're not we're not Bill Belichick. The genius is there. Um, anything can happen on Monday night, right? Okay. Let's move on, Ross, to the rest of the NFL. Week six, we saw the Jets are for real. The New York Giants are for real. Maybe, maybe, maybe either one. Three and zero is pretty nice for the Jets. Uh, beating Green Bay even better. Uh, speaking of the NFC North, Vikings certainly seem for real, and they are a force in the NFC. They improved to five and one. The Bengals keeping their season hopes alive with they win in New Orleans when Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow balled out. Um, again, Giants looking good at five and one after beating the Ravens. Ravens just got to stop losing games like this. It's it's unbelievable giving them away. Um, but the games of the week lived up to the hype. Certainly, as the Bills beat the Chiefs on the road. In the Sunday night game, the Eagles beat the Cowboys convincingly to remain undefeated. Now uh, the Cowboys will get Dak back, so that's good news for them. 
Um, but Jalen Hurts and Eagles look like class of the NFC for sure. We're starting to see the front runners develop before our eyes. And, you know, there were some flukes. Uh, you know, you'll see Marcus Mariota went off for the Falcons. And, and uh, you know, speaking of, of uh, Matt Uberflus's former team, the Colts, you know, Matt Ryan is saying it's not quite over. The Colts were certainly looking pretty terrible as of a few weeks ago, but now they're, they're trying to put it together and they got a winning record at this point. Um, but what did you see as far as, you know, Rams getting a win as well, Ross, but what did you think of week six, Ross? What, uh, what stood out to you? Yeah, a couple of things. Um, you know, I think the Bengals kind of, um, got their season back on track a little bit where, where they were able to stave off the, the, the New Orleans Saints who are playing right now, uh, on Thursday night football in front of me. Um, so, cause if they would have lost that game, it, it would have gotten pretty ugly. Um, you know, the Jets, you talked about it, man, the Jets are, they're a good team and, and they, they got a good roster around them. I don't, I'm not a big Zach Wilson fan. I actually think Justin Fields is better than him, but I think that they have such a good infrastructure around him. You know, Sauce Gardner is an awesome rookie cornerback. He's been making plays for them. That sure. defense is fast and athletic. They've got receivers. They've got Brees Hall, who's been outstanding. They have nailed their draft picks, and it's showing on that football field. It's been really impressive. Another thing that stood out to me was the, the, the resurgence of, um, of the corpse that is uh, Matt Ryan. I thought Matt Ryan <laughs> – was, was left for dead, and, and then here he comes. He throws for 389 yards against the Jaguars and pulls out a win. That's a huge win for that football team. And, I, you know, my Jaguars, I was super excited about them. And, um, you know, they, they've kind of fallen off a little bit. And then, you know, how can you what, – what can you say about the Buffalo Bills and how they aren't the number one football team in the league right now? They go into Kansas City and, you know, they – they were favorites on the road uh, in Kansas City, and they took care of business. And they win that football game. And Pat Mahomes, uh, you know, he, he doesn't look like the same Pat Mahomes. He throws an interception late. Uh, that's the second time he's done that this year. When the, when the game's on the line, it feels like he's missing like one weapon short. I wouldn't be surprised if they go out and they sign um, Odell Beckham Jr. within like the next week or so, because they desperately need another weapon out there on that football field. It can't just be the Travis Kelsey show all the time. You're not going to be able to beat. Uh, Buffalo uh, like that. And then finally, it's the the, the two older quarterbacks um, just really, really struggling right now, uh, not looking like they're having fun playing football. And that's Tom Brady and that's Russell Wilson. Those two guys uh, who are, are they played, they face off against each other in Super Bowls. These guys are, are, you know, first ballot Hall of Famers. And, you know, Brady loses to the Steelers on Sunday. He's at Robert Kraft's wedding on a Friday in New England. He's yelling at his offensive line on Sunday, and, and he lets Mr. Trubisky beat him in relief. And then Russell Wilson, you know, it, it, it's it, it's really bad in Denver right now. So it, those two those two guys, you know, it, what can you say? Yeah, well, Tom Brady might go beyond the field, right, with all the rumors swirling and, and not the happy home type of uh, situation yeah. there. Who knows? I mean, he's – but also age plays into it, right? And, uh, you know, speaking to those guys first, I'd say – Again, thankfully, we won't have the Broncos on primetime for a little while, at least, as they uh, lost late to the Chargers, who are one of those top top seeds in the AFC, if you look at it. Um, but yeah, Russell Wilson experiment has just been a, a abject failure at this point. To pay him that amount of money, and it just speaks to that ownership group. They're just like, we have a ton of money. We have billions. Let's buy a football team. And what the fuck are you doing? You go and pay this guy who's over the hill, almost 
what, like $250 million to go out and stink. And he, you saw this coming last year, too. He did not have a great year last year. It just does not make sense. It's completely different when Tom Brady retires and unretires and comes back to a pretty well-set-up team. He has just some of the best receivers in the league, of course, in Godwin and Evans, and then who knows who else he could sign. He could get Odell Beckham Jr. tomorrow as well. We, we forget that he's still out there. Um, and in the running there, but yeah, Tampa Bay, you're looking at those, uh, you know, those teams that might be out at this point, Tampa Bay and, and certainly, you know, the Rams coming in late too. the Rams would be, you know, hard pressed to, to, to make a big run at this point later in the season. Finally, we saw Allen Robinson the way he should have been, but, you know, talking about the contenders, as I teased Buffalo, that was such a huge win for them, obviously going into Kansas city and, and a revenge game for Josh Allen and, and you saw how well matched these teams are, and it's not uh, out of question to to see them match up again, probably in the AFC Championship if they continue to dominate this season like they will. Um, and the AFC, you know, you're looking at the Jets are, are making a big push. Jets and Chargers are right behind the Bills and Chiefs right now in record, and looking like complete football teams. The Jets are are hitting it, and and if they're able to win away, if they're able to defensively just match up so well with teams and, and force takeaways and Quinn Williams is playing out of his mind. Sauce Gardner, what, like you talked about, um, they can overcome, you know, any, any performance, like, you know, if it's Zach Wilson or any other guy, they have some, um, and I know the receivers, Elijah Moore and is requesting trade and all that, but, uh, but they, they're well put together. You're seeing it on the field there in the NFC you get jealous of what Jalen Hurts is able to do with, with A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith and with a, a competent offensive line in front of him and, uh, you, you know, coaching. Everything is going right for them. We saw it a little bit last year. Now we're seeing it completely as they start off 6-0 and and, and beating your division rival is certainly no small feat. And, 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 you know, it looks like Philly is obviously a tough place to play there. But it, it, the NFC East, who would have thought when they've just been the doormat of the NFC for a while now, for them to have three teams in the top running of, of playoff seeding if they were to start tomorrow, and it's obviously very early on. There's still more than a half of a season to play here. But the Giants at 5-1, and one, Cowboys getting Dak back at 4-2 and two are looking really strong. You, you wonder you know, about the Green Bays of, of the league. In Arizona, what happened to them? Uh, but Green Bay and Rams, they got to get – got to get it going and get their shit together to to really um you know start to have that same clout that they had and start being in that conversation of contenders yeah you want to feel even more sick to your stomach the philadelphia eagles who clearly are the best team in, in the uh in the nfc right now have two first round picks in the 2023 draft they are slocked and loaded and stacked for a long way to go that's how you build the football team and howie roseman Remember, this is his second Super Bowl contending team. Already won a Super Bowl. It feels like yesterday when Nick Foles went in there and beat Tom Brady, right? And, and he was able to retool on the fly. And now he has this team. That's great ownership. That's a quality general manager. That's what makes me super envious when you look around and you see that situation because he was able to build that infrastructure quickly. He got his quarterback in the second round, I think, Jalen Hurts went in. And he trades for guys like A.J. Brown. He gets the impact football players. He drafts well. That was that, And then he still has two first-round picks. That was uh, makes me really jealous. We didn't even talk about the, the Giants, who are the, the, the surprise team right now. Yeah. Um, Brian Dable looks like he's an early coach of the year candidate. 
um, because for you to be able to do that whole situation with um, with Daniel Jones as your quarterback is super impressive. And he took out Lamar Jackson uh, on Sunday, and, and they're just it's a really impressive situation for the Giants, and they've got a bright future ahead of them as well. Yeah, no question. I think, you know, look at complete football teams and look no further than the NFC East. And one of those, uh, at least it could be all three of them. It could be the Giants, could be Eagles, or uh, could be the Cowboys at this point. You know, Cowboys get a, a huge boost back with Dak. I know Cooper Rush played really well in his absence, um, and you're playing a divisional rival, and so that's tough in itself. But don't sleep on the Cowboys being being the class of the NFC. It just seems clear that division is, is probably going to come out on top unless someone gets their, their shit together as far as that goes. But AFC, you know, are you buying into the Chargers? They just do it enough to get by? And, and the and you know, the Titans are right behind them, the Colts. You know, we're looking at, at the big picture of things here and how, how these uh, teams finish out. Yeah, I mean, listen, they, the Chargers, what sucks for them is they're in the same you know, division as, as the Chiefs, right? But exactly. it, they have to be able to, to hang in there and kind of get these wins everywhere they can because, you know, they, they're in such a tough division. I'm not I'm not burying the Raiders yet either. I think the Raiders are, are a decent football team and have a lot of talent and, and can be able to put it together too. So I think going down the stretch, that division is going to be really fun. But, you know, for me with the Chargers, I want to see them – take the handcuffs off of uh, Justin Herbert. And I think that's a lot on Joe Brady, their offensive coordinator, but it, it's, it's very dink and dunk right now for him. Listen, Justin Herbert has a freaking bazooka attached to his right arm and, and, and you don't let him push it down the football field. And I get it. Keenan Allen is not out there, but you got to let this guy kind of push the ball down the field. They easily could have won, lost that football game on Monday to the Broncos just by being ultra conservative. And, and I think that, um, they've got it backwards. I, I know Brandon Staley likes to go for it all the time and first down and then, you know, plus territory and, and kind of read the analytics card. But it's like you probably wouldn't have to do all that if you just let your quarterback do his job and, and, and do what he wants to do, which is, you know, push the football downfield. So until they start doing that, I, I'm not I'm still skeptical of them, um, but they they're, they're probably a, a good wild card team at this point. Yeah, you mentioned Keenan Allen being out, too. Between him and Mike Williams, that would be very key to Justin Herbert's success, too. You saw how Mike Williams, just when he's out there, you know who to blanket in coverage. Uh, otherwise, it's it's quite the duo out there, for sure. Speaking of wide receivers, I, I know you mentioned how, it, obviously, Odell Beckham Jr. is out there, and some teams are shopping around. Deshaun Jackson, did you think he would be the guy to be signed and in, in, out of – free agency and just completely off of his couch seemingly i don't know how what kind of shape he's in but now look at him he's going to be a baltimore raven and, and lamar jackson apparently made that happen well deshaun jackson in his words said it happened because of lamar jackson and he wants to play with him yeah man 35 years old uh deshaun jackson has been in the year lived in league for over 10 years but you know speed as long as you're still fast and you can still go out there and and, and push the defense take the top off the defense why not right and Lamar Jackson needs it right now because he's like like um he's got you know he's got a lot of underneath weapons right now but he's got nobody to really take the top off the defense so that's what the the one thing that they're missing from Hollywood Brown so if Deshaun Jackson can go out there and kind of push the defense and, and push those safeties back a little bit and open up more space for Lamar to run and open up space for Mark Andrews who's playing out of his mind right now and, and open up that running game then it was a good signing so I, I you know hopefully it works out for them because I, I love the I love that Ravens team. I think they can still make some noise in, in the um, in the AFC. Their defense is just a little shaky to me, but they got to put some more points on the board to, to kind of overcome it. 
they've had some tough losses, like I mentioned too, in the recap that, uh, you know, they, they've lost that tough one against Miami. That was just a huge swing and then awesome close ones uh, later on. But yeah, we, we shall see if Lamar Jackson can get it together. You want to talk NBA, Ross? The Bulls are back. The Bulls are back. How about it? Uh, you know, the good news is the Bulls are back. You know, a franchise that pretends to be good is much better than one that just sucks to watch like the Bears, I would say. Uh, so having said that, there are certainly, you know, we're riding that one-game winning streak against the Heat. Always nice to meet Jimmy Butler when you're opening up in Miami, too. Look at that. But that's the good news, beating the Heat and Io looking like a veteran calming down Andre Drummond. Uh, but Zach Levine now was announced today that he will not be playing against Liz. Ross already shaking his head. He doesn't like it. This load management already on Levine. You already might have lost Lonzo for the season. Who knows if he's going to play this season at all. But that's huge blow for the backcourt. I mean, I, I don't know what they're thinking. And I think a lot of uh, folks on Twitter and beyond and, and critics around and journalists have thought about, is it, is it the athletic, you know, trainer? Is is it them? Is it the doctors? Is it Zach himself? He just got this fat extension. What is going on there? I I don't know, but it's extremely frustrating. Um, you know, for you know, for weeks upon weeks, for everybody to say that Zach is healthy and he's feeling good and he's in training camp, and he's playing preseason games, and then all of a sudden, you know, they they come out last, you know, they come out and they say, well, they had a hard practice last Friday. And he experienced some knee pain after that. Um, and now he's got to miss the first two games of the season. That's alarming to me because when you have to start doing this load management stuff at the beginning of the season, I start saying, is this guy going to be able to play 60 basketball games this year? And if they can't play 60, if he can't play 60 basketball games this year, then to me, that means the Bulls are probably like a fringe eight, nine seed in, in the playoffs. And, and, and then like if, if they are, what the hell are we doing here? Like, like, what are we playing games for if you're just going to go out there and, and be a nine seed? And so that's alarming. I hope that Zach can play in the home opener on Saturday against Cleveland. And I hope that, that we can kind of put this thing to rest. But even right now, they're basically saying he's not playing in back-to-back games. Um, and, and, and so it just it concerns me. And it concerns me because, I, like you said, I've got PTSD, even going back to the Derrick Rose years, but recently from Lonzo Ball to – He's only going to be out for a little bit of time to now. I don't anticipate seeing Lonzo Ball until 2023, sometime in 2023, maybe January, maybe February, something like that. So it's concerning to me. It's something to keep an eye on, especially when yesterday Zach was like, no, no, I'm not in any pain. It's just a little maintenance. And then Billy Donovan's like, no, he's in pain. And it's like, well, what the hell is it? Yeah, get your story straight. You guys can't get your story straight. You're lying to us. But, you know, it is something, in my opinion, when your best player can't play the first two games of the season because of some knee discomfort from practice. That worries me. Yeah, it's super concerning when you're pretty thin in the backcourt. If you lose Lonzo and Zach Levine, there goes a lot of your firepower. I mean, Kobe White, he played decently, having Caruso there, but we saw how the injury bug was really getting in the way of this team's full potential last year. And you're bringing back pretty much the same roster besides Goran Dragic. I know Dragic helps a little bit, and and had some decent minutes uh, with the Bulls yesterday. But the big story, too, is, you know, talking about the age of this Bulls team, that they have some youth, but, you know, the, the grizzled vet and DeMar DeRozan, man, and he went off for 37. It was very impressive in, at the start of his 14th season. But you wonder how far he can carry them 
with or without Zach Levine. And, you know, they're playing a pretty good Heat team. But when, wait till you start playing those divisional matchups like the Cavs and playing the Bucks. Um, you know, Washington should be an easier game uh, coming up next tomorrow night um, when they travel. And then they'll have start a little bit of a homestand. But mm-hmm. but I'm with you, Ross. I, I feel like you've been not you've been called a non-fan because of your criticism of the Bulls, but you got to be a realist when we've seen this and we saw the the 2010s Bulls in the Derrick Rose years and how close you've come and and why wouldn't you look at this roster and it's kind of similar to the Bears and and what would you do uh, to keep this team together? Why would you keep the team together rather when you see that potentially? you could go and, and, and get, just get better value and get more uh, roster depth here. I, I don't understand the, the criticism at that point, you know, of, of you on Twitter when you're being, when you're being very critical of the team for a good reason. I, I will say, and I, and I completely get it. I, I, I think that you know, it, it, a lot of things that come with it is it's the beginning of the season, so everybody has optimism when the season starts and they want, you know, hope springs eternal. I think we did it as Bears fans, you know, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, right? we did. You know, oh, yeah. we, and after a one of those start, you're feeling good. And then look at all of us now, all these weeks later, and, you know, everybody feels like shit again, right? And so, you know, I, you know, just it, the bull situation is something to keep an eye on because if Zach is going to miss a ton of games and if they start losing games because he's not out there, then you really have to assess the situation close to the trade deadline and see where are we at as a franchise. Is Lonzo Ball going to play this year? If he's not, yeah. you know, or, or if he's not going to be healthy, shut him down. Um, and then if we are a ninth seed or a tenth seed, is that where we want to be at going forward? And, and do we want to hang on to a guy like DeMar, DeMar DeRozan, who's playing at an MVP level? I love DeMar. I love him so much. He's been a great bull in his short time here. But he's getting older, and he does have some value out there to other teams. And, you know, do you want to sign Vucevic again to a long-term deal? And these are the kind of decisions you have to make a look at. Is all of that worth it for you to go out there against Giannis Antetokounmpo and get your ass swept every single right. time? And to me, it's not. It's not worth it. I, 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 I'm tired of the try-hard Bulls teams. I want to see that seventh banner in the sky. And that's what I'm looking for. And if that means that it's got to get a little lean for a little while. I'm okay with that. I don't want you to blow smoke up my ass and say that we're a contender or a fringe contender and then, you know, get swept in the first round. That does nothing for me any, anymore. I'm 41 years old. I've seen six championships, but I've seen the Derrick Rose years. I've seen the bad Eddie Curry years. I've seen everything. I, you know, if there is an opportunity, even of a small one, that it's either 10 seed or it's go try and get Victor Wembyama. I'm going to pick Victor Wembyama every single time because that is a generational talent, and I have to try and go for that. I have to try and go for it. And it's a good draft, too. He's not he's the best prospect, but if you land one of those top four guys, it's an awesome draft. I, I just – this team needs a superstar. They not do. an all-star. They got two all-stars. They need a superstar, and I want a superstar on this roster really bad yeah and you see through the league how uh, that it is dictated by superstar talent whether it be steph curry uh, who is just the the most dynamic shooter we've ever seen or we see a jason tatum who's just been going off who's who's basically a borderline superstar he's taken that step um and and i think there's a lot to be said for this team 
getting the reps together again. And, and we shall see. It's very early. One one game, and we're already talking about this, it's very early on. Yeah. We need to see them play the Bucks. We need to see them play the Cavs. There's something to be said for how Billy Donovan coaches this team. And if they are healthy and if they do well enough, you know, leading up to the turn of this next year into 2023 and Lonzo comes back and maybe he's that piece in the backcourt. But that's that's it seems unlikely. It seems like right now they're that seven or eight seed potentially, and then one one round getting swept out of the playoffs. Uh, but we shall see. There is something to be said for you know. Look at what the Celtics have been have done over the past several years too. They changed little pieces, but uh, I would expect them to also not be quiet by the trade deadline. Just but but it's very early on. We shall see what happens. You know, going into this weekend, the NBA as a whole. You know, go ahead, Ross. I was going to say, listen, if it starts great, keep going. Stay the course. Yeah. But if it starts bad, don't be afraid to pull a plug. And, and don't be sorry that that happens. It, it would be the right thing to do. Yeah. Any other, you know, any other team, any other franchise would be doing it. But the NBA is back as a whole. We saw the Celtics and Warriors opened up their seasons with nice wins. Zion's back and trimmed down and looking good after rehabbing his foot. Uh, the Pelicans looking great after they just beat down Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paolo Banchero, he went off for 27, 9, and 5 in his rookie debut, which was just nasty. Mm-hmm. What else are you liking from this first week of action that continues tonight? Uh, we got Bucks and Sixers tonight, too, and Clippers, Lakers, which I'll probably watch one of those over the football game. We shall see. Yeah. The return of Zion. I, I Man, Zion was absolutely dynamic was yesterday. Uh, living in the paint. He was living in the paint. They had no answer for him. He was uh, Ben Simmons, who, who was put to task trying to slow him down as his first action. In a couple of years, um, he got five fouls and, and, and was pretty much a non-factor against Zion. And, uh, you know, let me tell you something. I think a lot of people were criticizing Ben Simmons yesterday. But you're going to find out. You're going to learn. Zion's going to do that to a lot of people this season. He is in shape. He's healthy. He basically sat out a whole year. And I think people forgot about what, what who Zion was back in Duke and back in his early years with the Pelicans. And he's going to be a goddamn problem going forward. That team is sneaky good because Brandon Ingram was an all-star last year and they've yeah. got um, 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 CJ uh, McCollum. Steve J. McCollum. Thank you. Yes, um, sir. They, they are, they are a pest. They're, they're a pesky fun team. And uh, you know, and going forward, that's kind of preaches to what I'm talking about. Zion is just a generational talent. Like you, right. when you see him on the court, you know that's a guy that we don't have, and that's the kind of things I'm talking about. Those are the kind of things that get you excited and get you up for it. You know, coming from there, you know, the Warriors even after the whole Draymond Jordan Poole thing, they ended up uh, paying Jordan Poole, they paid Wiggins, and they go out there opening night, and it looks like the same damn Warriors team is. Business as usual. Steph Curry clicking. It's Clay Thompson clicking. It's they look fantastic. I think they have the deepest roster in the NBA right now because Wiseman is back. Kaminga is playing. Moody is out there. Poole is still coming off the bench. And I, I just don't see how they're not going to be there at the end. I, I predicted Bucks versus Warriors NBA Finals. Those are the two teams. As long as they're healthy, those two teams have the deepest rosters in the league. And it's like, are they going to be on a collision course to face each other? And, and damn, how fun would it be to get a Giannis versus Steph NBA Finals, right? I, I think that's something that um, I think the streets need it real bad. Let's just say that. Yeah, I think a lot of people are, are picking the same Ross as far as the Bucks and, and the Warriors very early on. But I, I, you know, you talked about generational talents, and I was reading about Zion and his rehab between 
Oregon and and also Florida and his work ethic is, is pretty unmatched and he hears that you know obviously the signing that big contract all to talk about his weight and this and that and if he's uh, he's 22, so he's got a lot of basketball ahead of him. And and now the fact that he has C.J. McCollum helping him and Brandon Ingram, talk about a generational talent. Brandon Ingram is also one of those yeah. those bigs who can shoot, who is just nasty. And that might be what the Bulls lack. When it's all in on, on seeing Zion play yesterday, and then there's going to be a lot of fun action. You know, I love Thursday night back and talking about – one of the main draws of the NBA, you're seeing that that NBA on TNT crew is coming back for years to come, and Chuck got paid, and Shaq and Kenny and, and Ernie. That whole squad is, is fun to watch uh, as they break down everything, and their antics, of course, are unmatched. Absolutely. And now, Ross, we yes. got to talk top five candies. Uh, speaking yes. of, of sweets, and McDonald's and Krispy Kreme, a match made in morbidly obese heaven. Yo, I'm excited <laughs> for it. I'm sure they'll have, uh, you know, the Krispy Kreme smashed in a uh, sausage McMuffin combo, something like that. That's going to be 3,000 calories right there. I'm all for it. Yep. I'll, yep. I'll make Ross and, and myself split it. Uh, but give me your top five candies, my man, ahead of Halloween weekend coming up next weekend. Yeah, let's do it. Let me let me start by saying I am not a fan of chocolate. I know that's blasphemy for a lot of people to say, but chocolate to me might as well be Brussels sprouts. I'm just not a fan. I'm not. I'm not a fan. I'm not Might a well Snickers guy. Sprouts. Yeah, I'm not a Snickers guy. I'm not a a, a, a a Twix guy per se or anything like that. So my candies, uh, I usually go toward like the sour candies as my favorites. So my number five for me um, is an old classic staple. I actually bought a giant bag on Amazon the other day because it's like it, it soothes me while I'm working. It's it's the Jolly Rancher. I love a good Jolly Rancher. Um, I can I can I can eat about eight or nine of them a day. Just pop them; they're they're amazing to just have um, while you're sitting in traffic for like 45 minutes on the way home, and you just need something to kind of relax you. The sour apple Jolly Ranchers, all the Jolly Ranchers. That's my that's my number five. Um, my number four is the um, the 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 caramel apple pop, the lollipop. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that that's my number four. I think that that to me feels like a very fall, Halloween season staple. Um, again, keeping with the theme of like the sour sign up the sour apple, but you put a little bit of a hint of caramel on there. I don't need a lot of caramel. I'm not a big caramel fan. It's very similar to chocolate to me, but just that little hint um, is perfect. And I like how the car the caramel just kind of like just just rubs right off, and, and you get the full sour apple experience uh, for the rest of the way. Um, my number three, I'm old, um, and, and old people love uh, now and laters. Yeah, we love we love now and laters. Now and laters are a, a dentist's dream because they just get stuck in your teeth and they feel like they get stuck in there for three hours. But um, a pack of now and laters, sour apple, grape, uh, the banana now and laters are, are awesome as well. Uh, that is my number three. Number two, Sour Patch Kids, of course. Um, Sour Patch Kids, also one of my favorite movie snacks. If, I, if I'm in the movie theater, um, a nice box of Sour Apple Kids to go with a little popcorn is, is awesome. Um, and then, you know, my, my number one, uh, I actually will go with a little bit of, of chocolate uh, here. And I think it's everybody's number one, but it is the Reese's Pieces uh, with the chocolate and the peanut butter. And uh, I can do a Reese's Pieces. I can do a Reese's uh, Cup. 
I can do any Reese's Pieces. I love the white chocolate one as well. Um, so that's the one time that I will make a pivot from not liking chocolate is if it is Reese's involved, I am all in. That's my number one. You broke the mold for I number broke the one. Mold for number one. I will also say, I will accept no candy corn slander. Um, candy corn. Fuck candy corn. Candy corn. Fuck Let me tell you how no. you eat candy no. corn. You have to put <laughs> candy corn in a bowl with some peanuts or some cashews and mix it around. And you take a you take a handful. You got a little salt. You got a little. Um, you so got you to dilute tea. it with other other tasty treats. That's it, what you're telling is, me. <laughs> it is it is outstanding. Try it one day. You can also do it with a little Chex Mix and some candy corn. It's it's solid. I will accept no slander about the candy corn. I gets, a bad, make, gets a bad rap. I got a, in a big argument with my father about candy <laughs> corn. He's like, I like it. I was like, I, I don't understand the appeal of this fucking thing. Every year it's the same, and I feel like they just recycle it. It's quite terrible. <laughs> um, all right, my my top five very chocolate heavy. But I will say, I, I do like the sour side of things with Skittles. I, I'm yeah. surprised Skittles wasn't on there. Yeah. Skittles, they, they travel well. They're yeah. at the top of the food chain of sour candies. They're up there with Sour Patch Kids. Very good. Uh, I'd say number four, I'll go Hershey's Cookies and Cream. Fantastic. Uh, best in, you know, OG Hershey's is best in a s'more, I would say, um, in the Hershey's family there. But co- Cookies and Cream, delightful. Butterfinger, remember Butterfinger BBs? I do I not do. know why. I do not know why they were discontinued, uh, but I wish they would bring them back because they were quite good. But the Butterfinger bar is still around, mm-hmm. and man, uh, you know you're going to see my love for the peanut butter on this list here. Of course, uh, that's number three. Number two, Twix. Whether it's the left or the right Twix, I do enjoy uh, the candy with the cookie crunch, as George mm-hmm. would say. And, you know, the biscuit, the caramel, the chocolates is super combo. Very good points for style as well. When, you know, you have the pair to choose from, but the top choice, Ross, you said it is the Reese's it's the goat. It doesn't matter what iteration of Reese's you you pick, you win, Uh, whether it be the cup, of course, classic, uh, the fins. If you're feeling like you're watching your figure a little bit, the Easter eggs, the trees, the pieces. Oh, all yes. Very good. Agreed. Just wait till till little Lily is is old enough to start doing some trick or treating, and she just brings home just like ten pounds of candy. You're like, you shouldn't eat all of that, and and you just die. Get a stomachache. Oh yes, absolutely, absolutely. That's That's the the best part. The joy of having a kid, right? Just just say like, this is my tax. (laughs) Watch your costume. Here you go. Thanks to everybody for watching the show and listening in, uh, tuning into the Barroom Network. All the great programming uh, can be found at the Barroom Network channel on YouTube. All of our previous shows will be found there on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your media. Follow us on Twitter. Follow me at the Real Evan Mac. Follow Ross at Ross Reed. There's no show after us. The next live show is Saturday. We have week sport weekend. Excuse me, sports betting tips. That's at 10 a.m. Saturday. Do uh, you want to give a Bears prediction, or are you just done with them? Uh, I will give a prediction. I think the Patriots are going to win this football game. I think it's going to be a classic Bill Belichick low-scoring game. Give me the Patriots 17-13 over the Bears. The Patriots 24, Bears 10. Uh, Another loss and that much closer to a top five pick, hopefully. For now, everybody be good to each other out there. Enjoy this nice like summer weather if you're in Chicago. Very weird. Uh, For now, we say deuces. Be good to each other. So long, everybody. Please.